Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 444. Sometimes you start these and I'm not ready, but that makes me think that you thought of something brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you you think? And then I'm disappointed at the end of it. Like most of (laughs) our interactions. (laughs) That makes it sound really like, I don't want people reading into that. So just listening to this awesome episode <laughs> where we talked about a lot of books. Tony talked about a lot of books. Yeah, actually, I, I, say I, 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 a, I just didn't get in as in-depth as you did in mine. But it was our last uh, WandaVision talk. and Everyone's like, thank God, because yeah. <laughs> you guys were the only people talking about it this whole time. <laughs> the only ones not making asinine theories. That's true. We were pretty yes. close to what I was thinking yeah. would happen, so. Realistic. Yeah. And then we got some uh, movie news going on, and hopefully... I'm sorry, cinema news. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, don't mean to piss you off there. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, there's all that and more, so grab a cold one and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 444, and looking to score. <laughs> You're right, I am disappointed. <laughs> say WandaVision but <laughs> I knew I, I knew what you were going after I mean winter is as well I will say this every year when people say that we all are going to get like another snowstorm yeah. it's inevitable we're in a false it's what do they call it false no, spring no but I think truly we are like it is too warm yeah. like I don't know if it's just something of the world warming up now more than normal but usually we still have winter time and it is it's nice i've Mm -hmm. walked outside without a jacket on being like now at nighttime however it does get a little chilly and i realized that when i had my spring jacket on and then went out at night and was like oops gotta change yep change jackets but no my nipples are hard That's just because I'm excited. <laughs> but WandaVision is over. Yeah. And, oh, man, there's things I kind of want to say and talk about. But I want to get your thoughts on the whole thing. On WandaVision? Yep. I liked it. I mean, I'm not saying I don't like I liked it. <laughs> like, I, it's funny because everyone kept, and I, I thought this was going to happen, right? Everyone kept, like, trying to build it up and find all, like, the... Who's going to be the actual yeah. big bad? It's not. It can't be Agatha. Like, what's going to go down? What's going to happen? And I'm like, you guys. I don't like. It's like they were expecting too much from it. Yeah. Well, it's. And so, if you were expecting a, a, the sort of <clears throat> the sort of finale that I think a lot of people were expecting, I could see being disappointed. Oh, like I, I, a lot of people loved it. However, there are well, there's two sides to this. There are people that loved it. And then people that loved it but also are still complaining. And then there's also, I mean, I guess there's multiple sides to it. There's the people that loved it that say you can't critique it at all, which is bullshit. I mean, and then there's anything. some there's some actual critiques that I think are valid in a sense that should be talked about. Yeah. Um, 
the oh my god, Mephisto didn't show up. No, that's not a that's not a critique. That's just you sucking you, at you, speculating. Like, yeah, yeah. And you it doesn't to need to be. And it didn't. You know, uh, Reed Richards being the the aerospace person. You know, or Doctor Strange showing up. That's that's you wanting that to happen. That's not a critique. Uh, so all those fan theories and everything, fuck those people. But yeah, but Marvel did fuck with people's heads because they threw stuff in there on purpose. And that's the thing. That's to fuck with people. But. You can do that. It's red herrings. It's yeah. throwing you off the scent. It's there's a lot of stuff that happened within the show. Fucking Ralph. <laughs> I still kind of want to know who the hell Ralph is. <laughs> it fucking ate a bug, like thing bird, like it's a rabbit. So that's something that they didn't explore, which I don't need to have everything answered. But my, well, I'll save the biggest gripe for last. The one thing is, I did not like that. Um, we had Pietro Peter, who was cast, you know, from the Marvel movies. Like, okay, if you're going to do that, you have to have some sort of resolution of why you did it. And without any explanation of that exact person, besides a... Of why they a cast wink, Evan a wink, Peters? Yeah, just a wink, oh, wink. Oh, fuck with us. 100%. But see, they already tried to do that with the whole Mephisto thing and the, um, the neighbor and everything. Those are red herrings. Those are things that we read into too much. But if we already know this is going into a multiverse, yeah, it's not really reading into it. It's like, oh no, they are holy just shit, up fucking with us. That's not all even for a, a all for a boner joke. They were just fucking with us. <laughs> That's not good writing, and that is a critique that you can be kind of like, what the heck? Casting Evan Peters in that role and him not being in a multiverse version of Pietro is one hundred percent fucking with us. People's... Just like the fucking neighbor Dottie or whatever the fuck her name was with the yellow flowers, everyone started reading into because you know uh, Wanda had red flowers in front of her house and Agatha had purple flowers. In I front didn't of even her notice house. the flowers. So Dottie had yellow flowers in front of her house and dressed in yellow, so she was supposed to be Arcana, right? Because that's Arcana's color color of magic. Okay, that's again reading into <laughs> things right. that they didn't purposely put. They did. Because the Emma Caulfield, who played Dottie or whatever the fuck her name was, said that she was cast, that character was created specifically to fuck with people. Okay. <laughs> so they're a hundred percent fucking with us. Either or there's they don't they're still it, but I've, I've, seen, do. <laughs> I've seen some theories still that um Evan Peters is really still Pietro because uh how could he run so fast? Like and it's like, he had a fucking magic necklace that probably made him... They're like, no, that just made him be the eyes and ears. And I'm like thinking... They don't know that. Yeah, I'm they like... They don't know what spells were cast on yeah. that fucking necklace. Yeah, I'm like, to be honest, I don't care. But there did seem... I mean... When it comes down to it at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we think. We didn't write the show, right? It doesn't matter all these fan theories. No, it doesn't. <laughs> um... But the one big gripe that I had is in, well, pretty much it, it's just one line. It's Monica's line to Wanda when she's leaving. They don't know what you sacrificed. And pretty much, like, wash it off as it's okay, go off on, like, go, go. No. If you're a hero, Monica, you should stop this psycho terrorist that just tortured this fucking town regardless if she's having a mental breakdown or not you don't just let the bad guy get away 
Because honestly, in the world of WandaVision, she was the bad guy. You heard when when they came out of it and they're like, can I see my children now? Like, they were fucking terrified. Mm-hmm. And to just all of a sudden say, they don't know what you lost. The bitch lost some made up people. Like, she didn't even make up, and I'm not, I'm trying, because I'm going in a hardcore way. Yeah. Because I understand grief, and I'm not First trying all, to dismiss. Back on that B word usage, all right? <laughs> It sounds so off-putting when you say it. If I say it, it sounds fine. But when oh, you were like, the bitch oh, lost I'm some not... fake kids, I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> no, <Bye>. he didn't. <laughs> but you know exactly what I'm saying, though. Like, yeah. they're, like, because no, if, if, if they just didn't have that comfort, if she just wanted to just snuck off, cool. Or if Monica even tried to say, you got to answer for this, and then Wanda did some magic powers left... But I think Marvel was trying to make it seem like Wanda's still a hero when right now she's not. And we, as that last end credit scene, she's reading an evil book. Like, you, I, yeah. I just really hated that one line that really soured a lot. It didn't bother me. It didn't bother me at all. I thought Monica, you know, in Monica 100% said she would have done the exact same thing if she could have brought her mom back. So I think that's where that was Actually, coming from. And that is the worst thing. The one other thing I was going to say is the the friend or whatever. Um, when she was mentioning the friend, aerospace engineer, it's, uh, in literary terms, Chekhov's gun. If you show the gun, it's got to be used later. Otherwise, why did you do it? So as you mentioned, this secret person, mm-hmm. this aerospace, if they're not some important or someone there, why did you need to mention it in that way to tease it? And that's the fault that Chekhov's I have for Marvel? Fucking with us, dude. But, but that's not fucking with. That's just not good. Like no, it's fucking with us. It's one hundred percent fucking. They're fu- they this whole show fucked. They they just used it as a way to fuck with us. It's rude, is what it is. No, that's just it's not, not bad writing. It's rude, manipulative. No, gaslighting, I mean, no. like an abuser <laughs> in a relationship is what it is. But all in all, <laughs> I I loved it, and I've learned some things that um. I found out a lot of my friends don't know, so say it now. When this was supposed to be coming out, the first of all the TV shows was going to be Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And that had millions just money thrown at it. Like, let's make this thing big. And because of that, that's going to be a huge production. Now, that's only like six episodes, but they they a lot of traveling around the world filming it. Mm-hmm. What ended up happening, though, is Pandemic hit, and they already had some of WandaVision filmed, and then you can't travel anywhere, so that's why WandaVision came out first before Mm. Falcon and Winter Soldier. I mean, the whole scope of things last year would have been Black Widow coming out last spring, Um, the Eternals would have been in, oh, Falcon Winter Soldier would have been fall, Um, then it would have been Eternals. And then WandaVision would have been about now, mm-hmm. and then we would be seeing Doctor Strange. Right. Fortunately, Doctor Strange isn't coming out until next year. Yeah, they're still filming it. Yeah, and so... She's got to go get her kids from... They're stuck in the multiverse. I do like that we got this taste of what they can do with... Because, again, like when they did Guardians of the Galaxy, it was a different movie than mm-hmm. the Avengers movies. And Ant-Man and Wasp, you know, yeah, was also a different... Or just Ant-Man and... I love them taking these things. So I think the next show is going to be really more straightforward of a buddy cop. Yeah. We've seen it before. So I'm kind of glad this was the first of all the shows. I'm loving it. Loving it all. So where's White Vision? 
Why didn't Fake Vision mention to Wanda that he reprogrammed White Vision? Right? Why wouldn't he have mentioned that to her? Why wouldn't he have been like, yeah, you're losing me, but the other dude's got his memories back. So maybe it'll work out for you. He's got to go, like, deal with death. Like, I don't know. But, I mean, you know. I don't know. I, 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 the way... I don't think he's true. Well, he, he's got the memories, but I think he's still not true Yeah. vision. The way they solved that conundrum... Right, was very typical. Using logic to defeat a robot is such a trope that's been used over and over and over again. But how else do you do it? Yeah. So you can't, I mean. I really loved the, uh, I shed a little tear when uh, when Wanda transformed into her, like, full-on That was a cool fucking outfit. Oh, my God. I was like, why... Did this not happen in X-Men? Like, why was the Phoenix not this? Yeah. Because this was way better. I honestly thought of you when I was watching it. Like, this is so much better than Phoenix. The, even even on the couple episodes before, when they show her, when they go through her memories, right, and they show her creating the fake reality and it, how it explodes out of her, I'm like, well, now I'm just really angry. Because I know that this is a television show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's better than the movies. Why didn't, I mean, honestly, you could have done just a percentage of this in any of the Phoenix movies, and I would have been happy with it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to admit, I shed a tear, uh, like, twice during the, you know, there's some heartfelt scenes. It was funny, my roommate, uh, he ended up getting his first COVID shot uh, when before we were watching it during that day, and afterwards, he wipes his eyes goes, man... I'm, I'm not crying because of the show, man. COVID, I didn't know it gives you tears or something. <laughs> like, blaming it on something else. But, sure. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, really look forward to next week, though, with the behind-the-scenes uh, making of, because I find that will be really cool. Yeah. I watched a Bon Appetit video with Brad from Bon Appetit and uh, Elizabeth Olsen trying cheese, and it was super cute. But I also learned that people call her Lizzie. Like, she goes by Lizzie. Okay, that's weird. <laughs> they kept calling her Lizzie, and I'm like, is that okay? <laughs> that seems weird to call her that. I don't yeah, feel comfortable she, with I that. I know. Every time I heard it, it made me weird. But she, then she referred to herself as Lizzie. And I was like, oh, she just, that's what she goes by is Lizzie. Lizzie Olsen. <laughs> <laughs> so, one thing I wonder, Paul Bettany had teased at some point in time that he was working with somebody on this show that he was really excited to work with. Kind of like setting it up for like a big sort of cameo. Yeah, he was working with himself. Yeah, that motherfucker. (laughs) That's exactly what it ended up being. I was like, what an asshole. He's fucking with us too. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) I don't appreciate it. Yeah, I... I'm sad that it's done. I know. It was such a good way to spend some time. Yeah, it, it literally, it did make me, because we had nine episodes, like, it felt like the last nine weeks, like, went by just yeah. measuring it in WandaVision. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when the okay. pandemic makes every day seem like it's uh, ten years uh, or ten seconds, like, yeah. time has no meaning anymore. It We're getting towards the, the end. Um... Since you didn't want to record last week. That's how it happened. And I posted it on Instagram, so everybody knows the truth. 
Tony. Um, well, at least the 102 <laughs> people that follow us on Instagram. <laughs> they got a flat tire. Um, and I didn't realize it until I started driving here that it was flat. So it totally blew. My whole week was ruined. But Can't it you only just cost, fix it in like a day? It only caught, well, I had to, um, it was at night, so then the next day I had to figure out where I was taking it. And I had to put my spare on and all that good stuff. And then it took them, I took it to Mikoff Tires, which is just on the street here. Highly recommended. Oh yeah, Jack's a good guy. You know? You yeah, know? Jack Mikoff. Oh my god. <laughs> You're such an asshole. Mikoff Tires, guys, don't listen to Tony. It only cost me $123 to get it, my tire fixed. Whereas some places you go and they're like, sorry, we have to give you all four yeah, all tires. Yeah, all new yep. And they were totally like, well, we can get you a tire that's in the exact same shape as all the rest of your tires. And it'll only be $123. So. Well, that's cool. Well, because we didn't record last week, I have some books uh, from last week, some books from this week. I have a ton of books. <clears throat> okay, so let me go first. Okay. Because I don't have a ton of books. I have a bunch of, I caught up on reading. So I read a lot, but it was all stuff that I've kind of just been reading. There was nothing new in it. Um, the biggest one of note that I caught up on, which just seems so appropriate, is the Department of Truth. And the more I read this comic book, the more I'm like, these people are the philosophers of our time. They're just speaking the truth to everybody. Um, <laughs> did we find, did you find out, is it a mini series or is it an ongoing? I... I don't know. You still don't know? I still don't know. Okay. It, it's, to me, it seems like it could very much be an ongoing. And this, the last issue that I read, which is four, um, you find out that, well, and it, it kind of leads into it in issue three. Let me pull this up to make sure that I'm, okay, no, it was five. So it kind of leads up to it in issue four that the Department of Truth is a long sort of existing thing. And it wasn't always called the Department of Truth, but it's always been this group of people who are fixing the timeline, right? Because these conspiracy theories, these ideas pop up, change what's going on, and then the Department of Truth is tasked with changing it back to reality. But what you learn is that the this organization, yes, that is what they do, but they do it based on their own narrative. So if they think something should stay changed, it does. And if they think oh. something shouldn't be changed, then it's not changed. Um, so 4 was all about like this whole conspiracy having to do with like this, the government and how they figure out who's going to be president next and how they use the president to like manipulate what's happening in the government and stuff like that up to and including the election of Barack Obama and how he was groomed from childhood to be the president of the United States someday and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> the fifth one was a kind of a throwback to... Um, way in the past and it has this this man of God this man of the church coming to talk to this witch in the woods and it's all about Charlemagne 
Okay. And how he would never really existed. He was created. Okay. He did exist in our reality. Yeah. But in this book, he was created to... To get people kind of unified, right? So he was supposed to be this unifying force. And in everybody's mind, in history books, he was a real person. But this witch is like, I know the truth. And he he's not real. And at one point she's like, yeah, I knew him personally as much as anybody else did. Because he's not real. And it was just this whole interesting, weird, new turn to the book where you're like, Huh. I don't know if they're the good people anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Especially if they're shaping reality. Yeah. They're they're choosing what yeah, it's so it's real and the guy that is kind of the main main character of the story, the guy that was brought in more recently, like I'm sure there's gonna be some sort of morality issue that comes up with him and this organization on whether he is wants to be part of it or not, but Man, oh man, it is it, it's such a such a good, good, and it really, like, I'm not one to buy into conspiracy theories, but when you read it, you're like, oh, could you imagine if this was, like, happening? <laughs> <laughs> if there was actually a part of the government that did this? It's just insanity. It is true, though. Berenstain Bears? <laughs> Berenstain Bears? <laughs> They haven't. It'd be interesting if they they confront that. They haven't confronted that Mandela effect idea yet, but it would be a, a good little thing to throw in here, I think. But it's it's just so well written, and uh, it points out the crazy that's involved in all these conspiracy theories, but in a way where you're like, oh, I could see how people could buy into this. You know what I mean? So. Uh, Still highly recommend. I also caught up on crossover, but then not much happened in that extra. There's a big sword that got introduced, who's not a any sort of canon. It's just like a sentient giant sword. Hmm. Um, and then I read Ha Ha Number Two, which you also read a couple weeks ago. That came out a couple weeks ago. I just now caught up onto it. Fuck, was that good? It was really good. Like. Oh my god, I love W. Maxwell Prince. He is a fucking like genius. I said, I'm looking for. I, I fully know right now I'm just going to review the next one because yeah. it's a mime, and I think mimes are fucking cool. Right. I don't know why, but. <laughs> this whole. The, this one, the whole idea of like the crazy mom, like her psychotic break was thinking that she was a clown, but she was also a prostitute and wanting to like take her daughter away to a better life at an amusement park. Yeah. And, you know, the job the daughter ended up in and all of that stuff. It was like, oh, my God. You you want to think of clowns as, like, fun, happy. <laughs> but this is clearly not what these books are being nope. written. They're the sad, inside sort of depression of clowns. Yeah. So. Well, I'm going to start off my uh, reviews with... Uh, DC's Infinite Frontier Issue Zero. God, I fucking hate DC. Mm. So can you, just that title, because I know you don't know what it's about. Can you guess what it's about? Infinite Frontier? It's Old West. I mean, that's what you'd think, but... Well, it's infinite, so that means it's going to be some sort of event, right? Because they like to use infinite in their event, yeah. infinite crisis. So is it like a follow-up to infinite crisis? 
So, yeah, you're getting on the right track. Is this the follow-up to the, the, what's the Dark event? Knight's Metal. Is it Metal, or is it the other event they have going on right now? No, it's the follow-up to, oh, the Future State? No, Future State is the future. Well, that's what I was wondering. It's supposed to be canon in a sense that it does. So, how, I always was like, how does that going to work? You're going to change it later. Now I see how it's going to change later when they retcon everything yeah. with this. Uh, and that's what pisses me off. I thought Metal was like a Elseworlds tale. It, well, I mean, it kind of felt like it started off with, but then it really got into explaining a multiverse. Mm. Now, my what I did like about DC, or, but I love more about Marvel doing it, is Marvel has a multiverse. They can pretty much do whatever they want. And then say it's this universe and wave their hand and read those books if you want in that right. universe. And usually it's only a couple tales or two. Where DC, I like that it was a little more simplistic. They always had 52 Earths. Mm-hmm. They always kind of just made that. And then they'd have a crisis to align with some things. And some of them were destroyed. or Yeah, or come together. People would come back to life and then, you know, they do it again. But they always kind of maintain this 52... Um, earth type thing right. which i was like why don't they why do they always stick to that you know just do the marvel thing and say there's a bajillion worlds but simplistic sake you don't need to do that um if you don't want to well they want to now and that's oh. where the dark knights metal even the first one when i started reading it being like this seems a dark multiverse so like the flip side of it cool so there could be 104 universes right. with evil things we already know there's a world with the crime syndicate anyways so that's in of the 52 ultimately uh i didn't finish the metal so i don't know all the repercussions except for now this which this book like caught me off guard because i didn't know this was really coming but this is explaining their new universe that there's um stuff from other uh continuities that are now forefront there's some that are a little bit different uh people are back alive again um that died um wally west is back um is a big one um 599 dc's getting out of control oh well it was uh it was like you know double issue like it's an issue zero it should be zero dollars well that just makes it the the first uh, of them all yeah why it was zero i don't know but this i mean art is beautiful i just can't wrap my head over i mean some of this started off with wonder woman being um asked by these um uh the quintessence the these beings of the universe that are saying they're breaking down the the barriers to the universes. So before, when it took either Superman going super, or pretty much any of the Flashes having to go super fast to get to one of these other universes, and again, that was nice. Keep them separated uh, for what they are. Mm -hmm. Now those barriers are weaker. So now you can have a Batman from one universe, Batman 66, come into a Batman from here. This also explains kind of more of why... Batman 66, and then as I mentioned before, the uh, Batman Returns, um, you know, Tim Burton type, are having their own storylines because that's now its own universe. Mm-hmm. That's canon across the DC lines. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that. But what I don't enjoy is not having a... As they said, everything is canon now. 
Well, when you say everything is canon, that means nothing is canon because mm-hmm. you get to pick and choose. Starting now, you could probably do that, and you need to have a clean slate to kind of do that. And that's, again, where Marvel has always had that happen, so they've never had to pick and choose which lines. They had their big reset a couple years ago with uh, the Secret Wars 2, and that was a hard reset. For Marvel? Yeah, with yeah. Battle World brought all together, but then when they came back and things were a little bit different but the same, but you knew going up to that final conflict, it's a timeline. It's all straight to there, and now it's going right. off in another way. This, it, 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 I don't know. It, I, it makes me not want to read them anymore because if you're just going to say now Batman and Catwoman got married in some sense so it's just canon... I'd be happy personally, but at the same point, I'm also going to be pissed Don't that I also, I, I want him to be happy, damn it. So the little synopsis for this on line is... Wait, I didn't even talk really about the book. I'm I know. Uh, Dark Knight, or the next phase of the DC Universe begins here. Dark Knight's death metal presented the darkest threats of the multiverse. DC Future State revealed what may lie ahead. Now it's time to look into the infinite frontier of the current day DC universe. When are they going to stop this? Oh, it was also something, too, that they were saying, like, uh, when I saw an interview of saying, you know how, like, how could Batman technically have all those different Robins in that short of a span, even if he had a sliding scale? That's a lot of fucking different Robins that just left or died or came back and whatever in the short span of years. Now that the span of seventy five years, yeah, but in the sense of Bruce's age, five years, uh, now it's all happened, and it's like I didn't even need to really think of that because we had a good Batman book going until Tom King ruined it. I think where we run into problems and why what DC's trying to cater to with this is is that exact thing is those questions like how could Batman have had all of these Robins in that short of a period of time? Here's the very simple answer. It's a fucking comic book. Yeah. I don't need to make it <laughs> it's super not real. Yeah. <laughs> to, to try and add some sort of realistic timeline to something that is purely fictional is, like, really getting everybody, like, thrown off, I think, and losing sight of, like, this is just fun. These are just supposed to be fun. <laughs> we don't need to convolute them with the troubles of reality. Um, I spent way too much time on this already, so that's just... <laughs> Next. I, I, again, Somebody, we always try to be positive, but, I, I, like, I'm a little angry, but it was... Yeah. It wasn't... Slide in, slide into our Instagram DMs if you like uh, this book and explain to us why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, comics on Instagram. Now, as, as I was kind of upset about DC and wanting to not read, uh, Swamp Thing, number one, was good, mm. um... But again, it seems Something like they're picking and picking good. and choosing, you know. Uh, but the one I really actually love, so again, I don't really hate DC, uh, is Crime Syndicate number one. This is going to be a, I forget how many issue story, I think it's... Is it a Black Label book? No, it's a, it's a new Frontier. Ah, uh, oh, okay. I mean, so the Frontier <sighs> is going to have a bunch of different yeah. books coming out. It's one of six, a limited series. And then they'll probably go from there. But it starts off in the front cover, Welcome to Earth 3. So, again, knowing that. I've known about the crime syndicate world. It's been kind of an interesting, you know, not a bizarre world, but reverse, you know, 
the good guys are all kind of the bad guys. And they rule with an iron fist. And they've even come to the main DC proper uh, before. But this is kind of, again, all these universes have rebooted. So now they can kind of pick and choose the stories they want to go going forward. And this one starts off with a, a young, um, you know, Kal-El. And him pretty much assassinating what looks like JFK. And from there, it, it kind of goes into him ruling uh, Metropolis with the uh, Iron Fist, um, Ultraman. Um, and you then kind of get who he is now, um, pretty much this asshole who's addicted to kryptonite. But then you get his tragic backstory of when he first came here. So again, the the story we've always known. Uh, Except it's that horror movie instead. The whole time I was reading it, yeah. it felt like it was Brightburn. Yeah. The whole time. I mean, this explored a couple of the other uh, people that we've seen before, um, such as their uh, Wonder Woman um, person, I'm forgetting how they, what they call her, and the Green Lantern who has the one evil type ring that rules them. Owl Man. Yeah. Owl well, because the Council of Owls yeah. rules Gotham in, in this world. But... What I really enjoyed was the, you know, them talking about sending their kid from uh, their the desperate scientists from the Doom Planet, sending their kid to Earth, and then the kid being told, you know, from his his parents. Superwoman is the evil doppelganger of Wonder Woman. Oh, that's okay. That's what they call her, Superwoman. That's stupid. She deserves a better name <laughs> yeah. than that. There is a Superwoman. <laughs> So it talks about how, you know, Ma and Pa are telling um, Clark to, you know, go do his chores, you know, be a good boy. And then him, you know, scaring the kids when he's playing basketball. And then, you know, they're teasing him and they're like, just, you know, ignore them and just, you know, do your thing. And then they finally eventually tell him that he came on a ship. And that's when he freaks the fuck out and goes, wait, so I'm not from here? That's what I thought. Why am I cowering to these other kids and hiding my power? And you guys are nothing but a bunch of freeloaders making me do work on the farm. And, and he goes. And he kills everybody. He doesn't kill them because oh. it's a DC book. I guess. I mean, at least the parents right now. Um, but it it was like one of those things of like I knew what was gonna happen, but I enjoyed it just as much because mm. it's it's the twisted version of Superman. So. I can't wait to read the rest of the crime syndicate world and get to know what these new uh, evil characters are all about. They're evil. Well, I know, but... That's what, what they're that... all about. <laughs> I saved you five more issues of reading. <laughs> oh, there's a, a story that... Uh, this also came out two weeks ago that... I really was like, Stray Dogs, sounds interesting, and then I'm looking at the pictures, and I'm like, this is a fucking Disney Don Bluth, All Dogs Go to Heaven, like, beautifully drawn, but I'm like, what is this that I'm reading, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I'm also like, this is from Image, so what am I reading, because this feels like a, a boombox type, you know, mm -hmm. story, this, uh, 
small little dog that chihuahua um that gets brought into this house full of a bunch of dogs and you know you have feels like oliver and company and they all have their own little personalities and they're all different and they're all talking about how awesome their master is it's really cool until all of a sudden when the master well they their dogs are talking about how the master keeps the food in the basement and they're not allowed to go down there and you're starting to think okay maybe there's something more than this just being a friendly kid book until you oh, i don't even want to give it away so i'm not but there's something that's pretty dark so brian michael bendis describes this book as the secret life of pets meets seven I, that's actually a pretty that's decent... really fucking intriguing. I'm glad I started what reading this. Because, again, <laughs> most of this is just kind of like, feels like a, a, you know, dog cartoon, like talking about the yard and the bathroom. Where's the bathroom? Where them just saying, oh, where's that stick? And like, what stick? Oh, that's my favorite. Like, it's freaking like, again, 101 Dalmatians, dogs just talking and just going about their life. Until you get towards the twisted end that you're like, oh, I'm I'm enjoying this. But again, the art was just phenomenal, and this is definitely pickup. Um, it's really good. Yeah, now I'm intrigued. I like the cover. Kind of looks very like the stray dogs looks a little Stranger Thingsy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even really think of that, but that does. Yeah. Again, I I was just interested in the name. Not even looking at the, the thing or knowing what it was. And it really was, like I said, this art of... Well, seems like a kid book, but... Do you think well. that they'll, like... Because the next cover shows a pug, and then the cover after that shows some Dalmatians. Do you think maybe they'll be from different dogs' points of views each time? Uh, I don't know. I feel like they kind of made the, the main characters yeah. um, happen. I mean, I'm sure they probably could a bit They're so cute that makes a horror comic more horrific when you make the characters like super adorable and then if you add these horror elements to it it's like oh my god <laughs> why are you killing all of the cartoon dogs from my youth <laughs> oh um lastly is it lastly yeah lastly for talking now well, I mean, I have booze in the book, too. Lastly, for talking now. Yeah. Noctera, number one. Noctera, eh? So this came out from Image, and it is such a cool, interesting, dark, scary story. Yes. Okay. Uh, they keep talking about the after the PM, and, and you read that and being like, okay, they're going to eventually explain what the hell the PM is. And they get into it right away where, where were you at during the PM and what does PM stand for, you know, like prime material plane or something. Well, PM is kind of what you would think of AM and PM. The whole world goes into darkness and it, something blots out the sun and it introduces the his main character and the the world gets mutated and i like that they set up kind of this interesting way that 
Like a pitch black sort of scenario. Yes. Well, she was also born kind of blind with cataracts, and then she got adopted and then was able to see before all this happened. But, again, kind of going a little bit of, yeah, I felt like it was Riddick <laughs> a little bit. Because um, it doesn't seem like give her superpowers in the night time, but ultimately people need to be, have lights on them to make sure that these monsters, because once you're in the dark for 10 hours, um, the change starts happening. And pretty much everything in the world, from uh, plants to animals, have turned into monsters, even insects. But then over time, because now this is 13 years after the PM, uh, some of them have mutated and mated with each other and created even bigger monsters. But where it comes to humans who are left out in the dark, it starts with the gums. So a cool visual within the book of looking at your, your teeth to make sure, you know, haven't been eradicated. And if you, and that's after 10 hours. And if you can catch it, usually dialysis should be able to flush the system and you should be fine. Beyond that is sitting under solar lamps for multiple time to eradic like get a, whatever this is out of your system. Mm -hmm. And that might be able to, but once it gets to your, um, blood and muscles and stuff it's pretty much too late and you're so, going to start transforming and what she's saying is they humans are the apex predators so everything else is scary monsters but humans which they didn't introduce they just tease and talk about are, are the worst yes so this is more than just something blacked out the sun because yeah. we could cover the sun today and we wouldn't mutate in 10 hours we would just well, yeah, you probably all. Well, I was imagining some like venom, lack of vitamin D or something. Thinking of Noel from Marvel, who blacked out the Earth with the Venom symbiotes, and honestly, that was kind of what I was getting. But then there's some things that they explained with not giving away who some of these characters are. That I'm like, that's even cooler in a way that I hope they. I mean, I fully believe they're going to explore this world and just setting up the kind of like this time of how long it takes you to transfer um transform because um, already then we find out that um one of the the main characters uh her brother already has his gums uh black because he snuck out at mm. night oh it's always night but then also the, the, <laughs> but, it, yeah. but they're also saying too like how you know their their um vans she drives this giant big rig um because transporting from towns. And towns are kind of the last havens where you can have tons of lights. And it just so happens this one place in Colorado, their town made lights. And they were actually, once this thing was happening, actually had lights strung up all over town because they're having some giant festival. So mm. pretty bright place. So that's kind of like the safest place on Earth until this mysterious fellow is talking about a... You know, place to go that has some sun and yeah, hmm. it. I'm not even give more away than that. It it's really really compelling of a story, and I. Well, it's Scott it. Snyder, so to be expected, right? Yeah. He is good at weaving a a fine tail. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, I want more. Like yeah, it's one of those books that like. It's like watching WandaVision, right? Mm -hmm. Like that got released once a week and it it was the one time where you're like, I really could just binge this. Why are they doing this to me? 
And some of these books, it's like, can't they just put out a trade, like, right away? <laughs> <laughs> Why do I need to wait every week for... I'll pay $20 for the trade. It's fine. Oh, um... Yeah. Is that all you got? Is yeah. that all, Tony? Yeah, for now. I mean, I could talk about other things that I've read, but that's, that's really all I wanted to talk about. Okay. You got some newsy news? Yeah. Uh, so, strangely, uh, we just had uh, was it Raya and the Last Dragon come out this past weekend. I found out a lot of my friends have gone to the movie theaters to watch it. You can also get it on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. And they've all said that it is amazing. I love Aquafina. She does the voice. One of the voices in that. So. I think, I think it looks cool. Yeah. I want to. I definitely want to see it. Uh, but the crazy thing is. It it didn't do as well at the box office as they predicted. What? During a pandemic? Well here's the thing. This is. I have an article that I was going to talk about from last week. Which is also strange compared to this as well. So it's only made 8.6 million in the U.S. box office over the weekend, and I thought it would do more than that because last weekend Tom and Jerry came out. Yeah. And not only did it came out, it came out for free on HBO Max. That made 13.7 million in the U.S. Yeah. That movie looks like shit. It was. It was terrible. I watched it. I haven't watched it yet because I want to watch it like to laugh at it because it doesn't look it here's the terrible uh thing about it when the humans are interacting with uh non-human things you need to have some interactions but it just seems like they just drew like cells over and just had them do things like take a perfect example like when the guardians are talking to rocket because that is not you know, a real person there. What? But you can, in a way, infer and interact with whatever that object was when you're recording. It seems like these people were acting against nothing, and... Yeah. Like I said, I I haven't even watched it yet, but just from the trailer, it looks terrible. I didn't get to the end of it and think, like... Well, that was the worst thing ever created. But I did get to the end of it, and it was like... Well, I could have spent that time better. Um, but, you know, more people probably have Disney Plus than have HBO. Like, people who have kids. Yeah. Probably have Disney Plus, whereas they might not have HBO. So more people went out to see it go see Tom and Jerry because it looks so much greater than... No, no, no. Because they need to get the fuck out of the house and they need to get these kids out of the goddamn house. Yeah, or they're going to yeah. murder them. That's true. <laughs> but it still doesn't show a lot of optimism in box office right now. Yeah. And I, I, I'll I, be pissed if Marvel changes Black Widow, but they still are sticking to their date. I think it's May 7th, which, again, by that time, hopefully a lot of people will be able to start coming out and mm-hmm. have their shots. But it just it was interesting to, to see that that's what... Um, yeah how they're doing there's so many factors you have to think about now with that sort of stuff right they can't just look at tom and jerry and see that it did 13 million and that raya did 8.6 million like you they there's so many things you have to consider like both of them were released for free on these platforms but who watches this and who watches this platform right 
did Tom and Jerry get a boost for being like the real ki- the first kids movie that has come out in a while? And the parents took their kids to that fucking movie, and then were True. like, "I'm not doing this again a second week in a row. It's too hard." So, like, <laughs> you so, know. So I have uh, an interesting discussion um, that kind of involves Disney, but also involves our, our good friend Martin Scorsese, who. You've known he's shit over Marvel movies before. Sure, they're not real cinema. Yes, and he's pretty much saying streaming services are pretty much ruining cinema. It it makes people not realize what cinema actually is. And people binge-watching things just makes them think that it's just entertainment. I'm sorry, didn't he do a movie that went straight to Netflix before there was a pandemic? Oh, what'd he do? Didn't he do The Irishman? Wasn't that Scorsese? Yeah. That went to straight to fucking Netflix, didn't it? I think, though, what he's getting at is when people, uh, let's say me, for example, I like anime and I like, sure. you know, giant robot things, so mm-hmm. I watched the Pacific Rim show, and that was really, really Your cool. Big boob girl anime. Sure, you yes, know? whatever. <laughs> I, I, I binged it, and what makers are now just making entertaining things which again there can be entertainment but it does take away from what cinema is and i kind of agree in his mindset again it's the sub what is art you know you can't ever have a correct answer but i do think you can distinctly say you know cinema should be something of value but it should have substance it should make people think and talk WandaVision, I think, is awesome cinema in a sense that it was, again, going back to the releasing once a week Mm -hmm. thing, which is what Disney seems to be doing now, where when you have stuff like Netflix, just binge watching it, it devalues all that to just give you that instant satisfaction. No, satisfaction. God, I can't fucking talk. Wow. That was an easy one, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was not even a word you don't use often. Well, maybe you don't use the word satisfaction often. No, uh, no. Not a lot of things satisfy. No. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with that because I've, I worked in an industry where even before Netflix and stuff, people could rent as much shit as they wanted and binge watch that. You could rent whole TV series on DVD and binge watch those. Like, it's always kind of been... Not as readily available, but something you can do. But, like, you can't define how people consume art, right? Just because people watch doesn't doesn't mean they're not getting an equal amount of enjoyment out of it as they would if they were to watch it in pieces or see it on the big screen. Yeah, but you can be subjective about it and kind of say, I mean, he's right. It doesn't mean that people won't do what they want to do anyways, but... I don't know. I think there's been some really great things that I've seen that have been introduced in a in a bingey sort of format, and I've seen a lot of shit. There is there's a lot of shit out there. Yeah, because that's what makers are just making a lot of shit now. Yeah, they're filling space. Yeah, but because we need to consume entertainment. Before, when I was a young kid, sure I loved my Saturday morning cartoons or getting home from school, but right. there was a lot of going outside. Now, granted, sure we're all stuck inside mm-hmm. mainly. But hopefully after this, it it changes a bit, and yeah, I don't know. Disney's saying they're going to shorten their theatrical releases 
after the pandemic. Like, and I think that's kind of cool, too, that you don't need to have movies staying in for eight fucking weeks to months. So let's be super clear. It's not Netflix that's ruining the art of film and cinema. It's people like the Hammer Brothers and people who have been making these quick sort of rip-off type million dollar budget movies that go straight to DVD like that's where it started the 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 sorry that's what you want in a podcast is a big long pause while I'm thinking about <laughs> what words I want to choose the inability for a normal person to break into Hollywood has created this branch off of Hollywood where it's all of these B, C, D level movies and people love that shit and they have and they always will and all this does is make it easier for them to get true so you have to do what I did and train your children (laughs) to recognize good thoughtful things and really think about and you know there's a space for shit to just put on so you can clean your house whilst a show is playing in the background that's what wife swap is for (laughs) (laughs) but you know youtube is to blame for that too man big time yeah i consume a lot of yeah youtube stuff uh Sticking down the same vein of Marvel and Disney, um, they're pretty much... Alright, so I saw that the Blade movie is going to be a thing, which I didn't feel like we needed a Blade movie. With Mahershala Ali. Well, I know, I know that it's already been planned, but I'm saying it's going to be PG-13. Oh. And that That's kind of... Yes. The uh, original they ha- ones were R, weren't they? Yeah, they have no plans for any rated R movies, except for they already greenlit Deadpool 3. Mm-hmm. I think they're just like, we can make money on that, and we'll, we'll do it somehow. I, I, they, they've not said that they can't not make them eventually. They just have no plans beyond Deadpool 3 to ever make any. And I find that... The, I trust gonna... everything that Marvel's done... But I also think this one is one of those, I don't think it's going to be good. No. Even just with, like, because again, I think certain things in our movies, like blood, isn't really a thing that you're allowed to do in PG-13 movies. Right. Like, you can do, like, one F-bomb, and you can't ever show any, you know... No tits. Yeah. No sexual things, which, don't need that, but we do need blood in a vampire movie. Yeah. And... Probably some the ripping Twilight, out of next. Twilight movies were PG thirteen, right? Yeah. Was there blood in those? I don't. I didn't fucking watch them. I didn't watch them either. Me? But out of the two of us, you would be the one that would have watched them. I mean, that's true. But <laughs> so I'm a little disappointed. In, it is in disappointing. That. It's very disappointing. They did a. Do you, did you ever watch the Blade television show? Yeah, the cartoon. No, no. They had a live action show that they did for like a season. It had some rapper in it i can't remember no it was actually not bad but definitely probably would have leaned more towards a pg-13 rating just because it was on television right it couldn't have been as r as a movie um and that was okay 
it took place in Detroit, so I think maybe the sentiment of it taking place in Michigan made it a little bit better. But yeah, that's I I don't know. Don't buy like I just I don't know. There's properties that need to be R. Yeah. Or like, just don't make them then if I don't that's the thing. Cool, Blade. I've enjoyed him before. Moon Knight. Moon Knight should be R or whatever. They're doing a TV show. Yeah, it's probably PG-13. For mature, right? Yeah. I mean, it could be... Again, yeah, we can see PG-13, but it just... The tone of vampire movies is usually scary or... Yeah. So that one's kind of a... I guess we'll wait and see, and I'll probably be wrong. Hopefully but... Mahershala Ali's acting skills are extraordinary enough to get us through a PG-13 Blade movie. He did good in Luke Cage. That's true. Um, I don't know when it was announced. It was announced, I think, last week, so we didn't record then, but new Spider-Man movie called No Way Home. And they've already shown set photos of his new suit and... Man, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. I, I rewatched uh, Far From Home this past weekend, and, like, just the whole Zendaya and Tom Holland, like, again, you know that they're adults, but they just felt like nerdy kids. Now, granted, that movie also came out two years ago, three years ago, probably filmed, so they were a little bit younger than at filming, mm-hmm. but they, uh, I really was not happy, and I've said it before, Zendaya's casting at first, but just... Their weird, quirky awkwardness, like rewatching it, and I watched it with a, a buddy who has never seen it before too. He was even like, "Man, they those kids are fucking teenagers." I'm like, "Yeah, they did the job," and it'll be interesting then um, what happens here with they do Spider Verse stuff. Well, yeah, it's got all the Spider Men in it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very exciting. Um, also Jamie Foxx, I think, is going to be in it. Yep, he's his Electro. Yep. I mean, they're having pretty much most of the... They're going to have the Sinister Six. They haven't announced it, but they're going to have all of them. Paul Giamatti will be back. That's what I was, I was like, he was the Rhino, technically. He was. He Robot really, suit. A brief stint as the Rhino. I don't know, I haven't heard about his casting yet, but that, they could have a real Rhino, like, in the actual... Is Alfred, Alfred Molina is going to be in it too, right? Nope. He he did a very good job. Oh, for sure. Playing Doc, Doc Ock. Ock. Um, it's kind of mostly of what I have. Uh, WrestleMania is only going to be two fifty on uh, Peacock. Charlie Cox has been cast in this movie. Oh yeah, he, as Daredevil. Well, they haven't confirmed that that's who he is. He's fucking Daredevil. Maybe. I don't believe anything Marvel says anymore, Tony. All right, you just took away <laughs> from what I was saying, though. <laughs> Sorry. No, WrestleMania is going to be two ninety nine on Peacock. Now. Yeah, two fifty. See, so you weren't even paying attention. Oh, I was mostly paying attention. I mean, that's I how. I heard more than you thought I heard. <laughs> so we didn't really cover it here, but the WWE Network is going away, at least here for in the U.S. Across the pond, the people are going to still have the the network because they don't have the. We did talk about this briefly. Yeah, maybe we did. I don't know. I know you don't like talking about wrestling, but uh, that's a hell of a cheap price to watch a pay-per-view, which normally could be anywhere from 20 bucks or buying the network. Um, per. And I think 
just the Peacock alone, which you'll get then WWE Network for free is mm-hmm. four ninety nine. I'm not shilling for Peacock, but I've downloaded the free app, which I've been able to watch uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, all of the episodes for free. That's a damn good show. I started watching that on Hulu. I couldn't get it on Hulu. Do you have paid Hulu? No. Oh. I do. Oh, well. It's it's good. I enjoy a musical. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't get super far in it. I also enjoy a good musical. There's, oh, you should get to the, the part where there's the the deaf school that that one was emotional but regardless of all that uh here there uh that's kind of cool for people want to watch uh wwe yeah so it's gonna it's two okay so explain this to me again it's 250 for wrestlemania on top of having to pay for the peacock app right no it's just peacock app like because you can get free things on peacock like it seems like they have certain things behind their paywall so like the new saved by the bell is behind the paywall. Is behind the paywall. I think that one's been I think CBS yeah. does it that way, too. Yes, yeah. but then there's stuff that's been on their normal channels. They mostly have a couple things for free. If they know it's going to be, you know, people are flocking to it, they're going to put it behind a paywall. Yeah, I know. That's funny. And, and this is obviously uh, just a cheap price to probably just have people for this event. Okay. Um, but you if know. you pay for the Peacock app, then, then you get all of it, it for free. Yeah. Just okay. like what the WWE Network is right now, right. you get all those free. Or if you just like don't want to, one time you want to watch WrestleMania of the year, you'd fork over whatever they'd go for yeah. it. How much would you pay for what? WrestleMania? People used to pay like $50 and stuff to watch Oh, yeah. Games, right? I remember being with buddies and pitching in five bucks. Yeah. I don't have to anymore because... One of my best friends gets it, so I usually watch it with him. I mean, I would, honestly, if I didn't have him, depending on the WrestleMania, because, again, I'm not the hugest of wrestling fans anymore, but I still enjoy it enough. I'd still pay 20 bucks, depending on if it was, like, The Rock comes back for something, but... Right. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that's, uh, I think all that I have. Oh, biggest thing. And then we'll end on this. And again, it came out a week ago, so it's not new news. New news? No, but it's my favorite fucking news that I found. Uh, Neil Bloomkamp is finally going to fucking make... Oh, District 10. Yes. Well, again, that's not the official title, but that's what everyone says. But the follow-up to District 9, which that was cinema. That was out of the park, came out of nowhere. Fucking amazing movie. Like, I could... that. Probably top three movies. I enjoyed Chappie more, but let's just... Oh, I love Chappie. Actually, I like anything Neil's done. Um, He's, I think, pretty good, even though not everyone likes all of his other things that he's made, but Chappie didn't get the greatest reviews, but... That's crazy. That was such a good movie. Mm -hmm. It was so good. Is it that they didn't like... um... Ty Antwood. (laughs) I loved it, though. (laughs) What's her name? Uh, who's the chick that's in the Di- ant word? Um, Yo, uh, Yolanda? Yeah, Yolandi. Yeah. yeah. I, she's so, oh, I love her so much. Yep. You know that entire band is just an art experiment, right? Yeah. 
that keeps on they're going. Like performance, <laughs> yeah, they're crazy ass performance artists who are like, "This is an art experiment. It's a very successful band that we tour with, <laughs> but it's not actually a band, but it is because it's a band." <laughs> All right, uh, booze in the book this week is Demon Days X Men. Now this was one of those judge a book by its cover because it was beautiful. And I'd heard some things about this, but not much going into it. Um, I did not know who Peach Momoko was, but damn, this was just a beautiful thing. Like, part of it, too, opening uh, it up, you just see these, I mean, I want to say it's watercolors-ish, this really um, Asian-inspired, like, I don't know what you kind of call this art, but it just, it... It's very, like, historical-looking art, right? Like, they used to do, like, you would see whenever they do... Samurai some... tapestries yeah, and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, if... And it, it felt very, you know, Princess Mononoke-type uh, story as well with the village and, you know, the demons and everything. And it, beautiful looking. The story was great. Uh, I really want to say... Also, why I really liked it at the end with the little twist, but I'm not going to give that away. It just was really, really good, um, and I enjoy it. And this is one of a five-part series, so I don't know if it's going to be all in what this story is or the other twist at the end of how that goes about, and there's going to be different stories, but um, it was it was really, really cool. And you, just to see some of these... Uh, characters that are marvel in a different setting mm -hmm. um yeah it was good yeah they did a uh marvel fair like an x-men fairy tales oh series. i read that that was back. good similar vibe right yep. that was really good so i could see the appeal to this apparently it was something we just started drinking before yeah. the show so from my favorite brewery untitled art i swear to god these people are just they're they're Really redefining what a beer should taste like. Um, in a collaboration effort with Drecker Brewing Company out of Fargo, North Dakota, um, is a mango coconut sticky sour. So this is literally, I mean, it's 6%, which is, you know, a decent alcohol content for a beer. But it's a Berliner-style Weiss Ale brewed with mango, coconut, cinnamon brown sugar and milk sugar and fuck does it not taste like exactly all of those things it's yes. delicious yep. i still feel like i've just been eating a mango like that after it doesn't have that fake fruity aftertaste like they put some real ass fruit in this it's really good so that's what's going with your really good book yep this week check them both out i will not you. <laughs> the people listening to us, asshole. <laughs> oh, well, it's that time to say goodbye, friends. Let's get into our... It's time to say goodbye. <laughs> to all the company. <laughs> M-I-C. See, See you real soon. K-A-Y. Why? Because we love you. And we are D-O-C. <laughs> I was going to say, we better stop or we're going to get sued. Yeah. 
Oh, well, <laughs> with that, uh, stay thirsty if we're still around next week. <laughs> we should name our club something. <laughs>